This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m., I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink, and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Hello everyone, welcome to That Mill Podcast. I hope you're doing well. My name's Omar. At the time of recording, I'm not 100% sure we can guarantee you a podcast. By that I mean the usual kind of faces of myself, Mickey and Kai being on on Sunday or Monday. So with that, freshly home from Huddersfield today, I feel like um, a little ramble is due. Now, obviously, if you're watching this or listening to this and you've not seen the result from our game today, which at the time of recording, it was Millwall nil, Huddersfield 1. Or should I say the other way around, Huddersfield 1, Millwall nil. I'm not going to record this again. It's going to be off the cuff because, obviously, we lost today. And it wasn't just a loss as usual. It was the nature of the defeat today. I'm freshly home from the Gal Farm slash the John Smith slash the Kirkland Stadium. Um, any of the above apply in this case. But, you know, half ten at night giving up my Saturday to drive up to Huddersfield today. And when I say giving up, I've chosen to do this. I love following Mill. I support him. You know, I'm quite young compared to a lot of people out there in the Mill scene, so to speak. Our fan base, both in this podcast and as Mill as a whole, is in the late 40s to 50s plus. But with that, obviously, you know, I'm 26 myself. I've not seen a lot of Mill in my lifetime. But, you know, we've had considerable glory days, I think, like I like to think, since I started following Mill in the early 2000s under Mark McGee. But, Today, it just it was a you know, and it is obviously the heart and the moment of stuff here. But it was a capitulation. It was a shambles. It was any of the above in only a one nil defeat in a run of games we've had where we've been brilliant. I think before today's game, we only lost one game in ten. But I think it's like the as I've been saying in my podcasts with Mickey and Kai for the last four or five weeks, really. 
it's, it's, it's a turning point at the moment where, yeah, okay, we got a good result against Stoke City last week. We had 20 minutes spell where we switched to a back four and we looked like a team that wanted to win the game, was dominating by all effects. And then the manager makes a sub at 65 minutes and goes back to a, a back three, a, a back five, so to speak, and obviously three in the middle again. Um, it's Like I said, this is going to be a pure ramble one today because I'm not 100% sure we can guarantee a podcast to go out. But it's a it's a monologue post Huddersfield away where just the mood, despite having a four-hour four hour car journey home with Kai today, where I've ranted and moaned, I'm still not over today's defeat. You know, we've lost 1-0 to a side that have gone up to fifth in the table. And by, you know, by normal assumptions there, you'd assume that's a team that, you know, are destined maybe to get into the playoffs a team that's destined to perhaps get into the Premier League and perhaps be, you know, a force to be reckoned with in all intents and purposes. But in reality, we played the Huddersfield side today that, you know, have got a kind of mix and match team there. Some good talent in there. You know, Lewis O'Brien in midfield. Kroma came on in the second half. He's caused us trouble before last season, like we saw at the Den during the lockdown. But we saw a team beat us against a performance from Mill that was simply a shambles from start to finish. You know, I'll go for the team because, you know, we tend to do that when we talk about these games. But it was the kind of expected five at the back formation that we've come to get to know this season and pretty much last season as well. Bart Wilkowski in goal. Obviously a back three of Ballard, Hutchinson and Cooper. I normally call it a back five. So, you know, Leonard and Malone were accompanying wing backs in that scenario. George Savile came in for the injured George Evans. Obviously Savile missed the game last week through suspension. He was partnered by Billy Mitchell. I was quite intrigued getting into the Gal Farm today. Um, looking forward to seeing, you know, a, an interesting partnership in the middle of the park between Savile and Mitchell. I felt Mitchell struggled last week with Evans, but on today's showing, the pair of them were just as useless as Evans, Evans was last week. I mean, I think Savile at times showed a bit of brightness. A couple of threaded balls in the second half were quite good. But aside from that, it was a team, or a midfield pairing that just got outdone by Hogg and O'Brien in midfield. I think it was as a team we was at fault, really. Obviously, the front three continued from last week, which was Shea Ojo, who was hooked at half-time for Michael Kiffin-Bells, Jed Wallace and Tom Bradshaw. So, yeah, like I said, going up to today's game, I'm not sure I expected us to win. I kind of hoped for a win, as you always do. But I kind of thought going into the game, you know, we've got two big home games coming up in the week. Reading at home on Tuesday starts with that. And then, obviously, we've got the Remembrance game coming up against Derby County on Saturday. But... What we've served up today was just simply a shambles and it's from start to finish really. I mean, we started the game and we had an opportunity early doors. Jed Wallace brings the ball down on the right-hand side, manages to skip in on his left and then had a tame shot at goal. And at the time I was thinking, okay, good start to the game. What turns out to be the fact is that's our only shot on target of the game. And like I said, this Huddersfield team, for me anyway, I could be really ignorant here and disregard a good Huddersfield side. But, you know, their last couple of games, I think they lost 3-0 last week away at Bournemouth. The week before that, or in the midweek, they drew at home to Birmingham. Before that, they beat Hull 2-0. And then they drew away at Luton before that. I've actually got the fixtures up here now, so I can tell you. And they've lost to teams like Swansea, Nottingham Forest, Stoke this year. So, you know, it's a real, I'd say, quite a similar scenario to us in a sense. Obviously, before today's game, you had, what, six, seven teams on 21 points, all competing and vying to try and be in the playoffs come full-time today. And, you know, on the back of our good run of form, you know, only one defeat in 10, like I said, that 2-0 defeat at home against Luton, you know, there was real kind of hope. I remember sitting there pre-game, we bumped into TT from the drive home. Myself and Kai were just, you know, was chatting with a couple of mates as well and just kind of, you know, kind of saying, you know, this could be a good performance today. You know, you never know what to expect. Away from home, we're expecting us to play this back five. We weren't shocked by the team. 
Um, but in hindsight, it, something's got to change. It, it's, it's simple, really. Okay, <clears throat> okay, excuse me there. It's a results business, end of the day. Mill sit currently 12th place in mid-table. That's no crying shame to be Mill manager and sit in 12th place in the championship. But it's when you think of the manner of the defeat today, where we've only had one shot on target. We lost to a Huddersfield side that have good patterns of play. You know, Carlos Colbran in charge there. He's obviously Bielsa's old assistant manager at Leeds United. He's got that kind of pedigree of trying to play good, neat on the eye of football. And fair play to Huddersfield, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, like I said, we started quite bright. They just grew into the game, really. And for most of the game, we were chasing shadows. And whilst I can easily say, yeah, we conceded from a set piece with 10 minutes to go, the goal was coming at the time. And it's just pure negativeness from the manager, Gary Rowett, really, for me. Like... I've given my Saturday up, like I said at the start of this uh, recording here, which we all would do and we all choose to do. And I probably will give my Saturdays up again to go to Hull, Middlesbrough, Peterborough, because I love this club and it's a drug that, for some reason, you can't shake. You can't. There's withdrawal symptoms that you can't resist, basically, when it comes to um, following me all up and down the country. And it's probably FOMO, fear of missing out, really. I think that's probably what I put it down to. We was talking about it pre-game, where I go Millwall because... I love watching this side win. And if I'm not there when we do win, it's a, it's an odd kind of feeling, really. You think to yourself, I wish I was in that away end. I wish I was in that home end. Even at the Den, you know, despite our performances being really lacklustre, aside from that 20-minute spell last week, you know, I thought to myself, I, I just can't not be there at Huddersfield today. And I tell you what, by full time, I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? And like I said, I'll repeat this cycle probably about a thousand times the rest of my lifetime following me all really. But it's it's the best feeling in the world when we win. It's the worst feeling in the world when we lose. But I'm cautious that it's one defeat, but it's the way we lost today, which I've said about three times. And like I say, it's a ramble. It's very off script. But we went down without a fight. And for me, for me all watching me all my whole lifetime, when I'm thinking of our Mark McGee side, when we got to the playoffs and lost to Birmingham, when I think of the FA Cup final side, when I think of the side that then went down the year after, even in that scenario, well, two years after, we still fought. We had young players on the pitch, like Marvin Williams, Marvin Elliott in the midfield. You know, it was a depleted squad compared to the team that got to the final that year. But it was still a side that went out there to try and win games, more importantly, and also put a fight on for the team, for the fans that are yeah, they're backing you, basically. And under the current manager, Gary Rowett, whilst we still you know get relatively good results, we're sitting on 21 points after 15 games, which is no crying shame. It's, you know, against Huddersfield today, they've got a kind of makeshift squad where they bring on the likes of Fraser Campbell, who, you know, Fraser Campbell is an average championship forward at this point where he probably would get a game in our side. Um, but it begs the question of, like, what what are we what are we realistically going to achieve this season with the tactics we've got on at hand at the moment? You know, we keep calling for this back four. And I, and I was saying during the week in our podcast, is it to do with the back four? Is it maybe perhaps just a lack of, you know, attacking identity to this team? But if you come across any sort of side when you're this middle team at the moment that can string together six or seven passes and play through the lines more importantly, and by play through the lines, I mean defender gets the ball, plays the midfielder, midfielder turns and plays forward. If you if you come across that sort of team, we're going to struggle. Luton did it well against us. At times, Stoke did it well against us before we switched it up and kind of thought, you know what, we're not going to give you the opportunity to do that. But the nature of the performances, especially away from home, is to absorb pressure and hopefully hit them on the counter-attack. And for me, it's basically hope Jed Wallace does something amazing for us and wins us the game or play for a set piece like we did at Barnsley. You know, And 
I mean, Sheffield United's obviously we we won two one on the night, but in reality, but for Jed Royce's cross going in from the right hand side of the pitch and Jake Cooper hitting the ball from twenty five yards, we probably lose that game despite playing against ten men for four pretty much half the game. And I think it's we've kind of rolled our luck in a lot of games where you've not seen a Garrett team comprehensively beat a team before since before COVID, which was that we always talk about that Enigma game of not the forest away, three 0 at half time. I couldn't believe it being there at the time. But we're far, far, far from that performance because the way we line up, the way we play, it just doesn't offer that opportunity. I think um I was talking in the car on the way home with Kai, I think Jason Malumbi's a massive miss. I was talking about the midfield at the start there, where, you know, Malumbi was the sort of player that was an actual dog in midfield, would put the hard yards in, work his arse off, and it presented the likes of Ryan Woods at the time to become a better footballer in the sense where he can get on the ball, offer the time and space and picks a pass out. With the combination of midfields we've got at the moment that Rowett serves up, you've got Saville, Mitchell, Evans and Keithton Belts. He, he refuses to use Ben Thompson, which is a broken record at this point to talk about. But, you know, with them four midfielders, there's no real bite to that midfield. Keithton Belt offers, you know, a real kind of know-how in midfield. He likes to kind of, you know, play on the edge. Normally should be booked within the first 10 minutes. Doesn't always seem to be the case. He plays the game well, gets in the referee's ear well. But in reality, he's probably not as mobile as you'd require to play a two-man midfield. And I think with Mitchell and Savile, today we missed that kind of, you know, know-how. But also we missed the ability to get on the ball and pick a pass. And that was something Malumbi basically not put down to a tee um, in, that middle, in that spell during, you know, before COVID at the time. Which probably would have got us to the playoffs if we didn't have that break in football at the time. But <laughs> it's buts and maybes, and it's you know it's obviously a situation where we've been over it about a thousand times at this point, and we're probably at our level. We know this. We're a championship club who likes punch above our weight, but to not you know all over the pitch today, performances from the players, even from the manager, it's just so negative. The second the midfield gets the ball, they're looking to play back to the defence. The defenders get the ball and they don't want to play forward because half of them, to be honest, Cooper, Hutchinson, who Hutchinson was unbelievable today, probably the best player on the pitch for both sides. He just reads the game so well defensively. But the problem is you've got with these defenders, Ballard might be the exception with the Arsenal pedigree he's got, but none of them could pick a forward pass. None of them could pick a driving pass forward that, you know, that Colwell did for for Huddersfield in the first half. That you know that Hogg does when he's in midfield, where you know or O'Brien they cycle the play so well Huddersfield today, and so do a lot of teams in this league. And that's you know something that I've always thought about with Gary Rowett's side, where there's no pattern of play. The identity of our team is play for a set piece and hope your centre half scores a header, or give it to Jed and hope Jed does something amazing in the game that wins us the game. And I think you know we keep saying it was four four two, but last week in that twenty minute spell when you had four attackers on the pitch that were just committed to pressing high, getting in the opponent's face and basically trying with real intent to, you know, force the occasion, that is Millwall. That is what we're all about. I think of, you know, Neil Harris was on Wall Talk during the week and, you know, he, he spoke about what it means to play for this club. And I, I'm not saying the players don't appreciate playing for Millwall, but I think with the, the setup they play in, with what the, with the manager Gary Wright sets out, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. Yes, like I said, we're mid-table. Ultimately, the bottom line for the chairman, the bottom line for the board is is sustain Mills to be a championship club that's trying to push on with things. But if they watch performances like we do, I'm not sure how they can um, justify, even justify praising the manager for the current run that we're on. 
you know, okay, on paper. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. The results have been good. And maybe I'm talking in the heat at the moment, like I said, but I think this has been a boil up of tension and a boil, in a f- boil up of feelings that not only myself's had, a lot of people have had when we talk to people at away games, when I, you know, when you bump into people, when you get feedback even on this podcast, it's just so bland, so boring. You know, you've got three forwards up there, well, f- one forward and two wide men in Ojo and Wallace and Bradshaw that are just chasing shadows because when we lose the ball, which we seem to do every game, we just got no real conviction going forward. I guess I'm really rambling here. I, I, I can't describe the feeling basically today where you watch that team and yeah, there's fight in that team. But the bottom line for me is with the manager. It really, really is. And this is a proper ramble. I know it is and I need to stop saying that. But even post-match, you know, like I said, we lost the game 1-0, 83rd minute, up pops a uh, hog of all people, midfielder, near post header, too easy. I think it's a phobie falls to the floor in the build up to it. It's gone over a phobie's head, he falls to the floor. I don't think he's going to get to the ball, to be honest. Um, trying to appeal for a cheap foul, doesn't get it. Hog then diverts into the far corner. But for Bilkowski today, we probably should have been 1 0 down just after the second half started with, you know, again, a set piece. But Bilkowski pulls out a great save, and you think, okay, that's Bart Bilkowski digging us out, you know, and hopefully. I didn't ask a point today. But like I said, we lose 1-0. Um, a cheap set-piece to give away. But Huddersfield, if there's any team like scoring today, it was Huddersfield. Um, and, you know, post-match, like I said, Gary Rat's comments after the game, it was kind of like a, a oh-well sort of feeling to it. Where, you know, I think if one quote which I've got here, I watched the interview with um, Max McKellen on the club socials, but we always get to that point when we've won four and five. If we win today, then we've got two home games coming up and we seem to struggle to take that next step. So I would agree that those games you just have to go and put your stamp on. Huddersfield are a good side. They've got they've got a really good home form. They showed today at times they are a difficult team to play. It was a game that we should have at least got a point out of, a point and a clean sheet away from home. I would have been happy with. Like I think he's you know he's got the point there where yes, in theory, if we put performance into get our stamp in the game, then we probably would have deserved to get a point and you know carry that into two good home games, but. You know, it was kind of like an oh well shrug of the shoulders approach if you watched the interview back on the club socials. You know, he's like, he goes on to say, I think in the interview, you know, did our performance warrant us get winning the game? Probably not. Did it warrant us getting a draw? Probably not. We weren't good enough. The reason we weren't good enough today is because we're playing in a such a negative manner. We're not throwing bodies forwards. We're not trying to create anything, really. We're hoping that we play down the channels. We're hoping the wide players do something magical to win us the game. We're hoping just for a bit of luck. And I think, 
long term, this is not going to be sustainable whatsoever. I don't know if it's a temporary thing. I mean, we've seen it for the last 40, 50 games now where we play this formation. So I don't think it's going to go away. Are, are the players good enough to play the formation or are they even being drilled enough well to play this formation? That's a conversation perhaps for another day. But I think ultimately when you look at the players we've got, it, it doesn't. the setup doesn't work. And I think the players themselves are not are not enjoying this. And I think, you know, you can see it. You really can. And like I said, like we only lost four times this season and it sounds like a huge overreaction. But to identify with this Mill side is really, really difficult at the moment. It's, it can't... It can't go on like this. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's an overreaction for me. I really don't. Um, you might be listening to this thinking, what is this guy talking about? What's he had to drink today? In theory, I've only had one beer. So, you know, I'm probably drunk on Mill's sadness. I think that's the reality of it. And this is the, the low of the low at the moment for me. It's. I, I don't think Rat gets us as fans. I don't think Rat gets the fan base. I don't think he understands what we need. And I don't think we need a 4-4-2 up and at him stereo de- default we just need to see a team that puts on you know a show of trying to win a game not setting up to play behind the ball hope for the best and ride our luck at times and try and get a nick a 1-0 that setup today was purely to win the game or to draw the game 0-0 in my opinion you know at half time okay admittedly the midfield was being overrun like I said Mitchell and Savile both struggled out there today he brings on Keith Bell for Ojo, who was non-existent in the first half but I think he's also another player that falls under the category of the system doesn't suit him you know, we saw him in that 20-minute spell against Stoke where when he's got the extra option there of Leonard bombing on from midfield, when he's got Bradshaw and Smith in the box to aim for, when he's got Jed Wallace coming in from the right to kind of work with, you see what Ojo was capable of in that 20-minute spell. And when you leave him on the left-hand side of the pitch isolated in a front three that's kind of just left on their own up top, you're not going to see a real impact from that sort of player. He's not going to, you know, try and take on a whole team because he just runs into trouble and then he gets criticised from the fans, which, rightly so... You get criticised because you run into a dead end, you lose the ball, and then you're perceived to not put in the effort to try and win the ball back. He's not that sort of player because you want him to be in the team, but you want him also to be carried by the likes of Leonard to be in midfield. I think it was a crying shame that Leonard, Leonard didn't start in midfield today and we didn't put Mitchell at right wing back. I do not understand why Danny McNamara is not in the side at the moment. I've not heard anything about him being injured. He wasn't even on the bench today. I, it's It's just a real kind of head-scratch moment for me where... I'm sitting there with 700 other Millwall fans today thinking, what is this? What What is this team? You know, we might go on to win the next two games and perhaps ride our luck. But I think ultimately what needs to change is we need to see a real commitment to trying to win games of football. We need to see the team attack. We need to see the team entertain us as fans. And a lot of people say this all the time, like, what is the real problem? Is it the formation? Is it, you know, is it the style of play? Is it this kind of, you know play ease our way into games. I don't think the problem is that. I think the problem is just purely the team is set up to not lose and the team is set up to, you know, hope for the best. I really do think that, which is a bizarre thing to say about a professional football team. And again, this is only my opinion and I invite anyone on to come and talk on the show about this in more detail of me um, at a later date because I just can't get my head around this setup at the moment. If you're pro-right after today's game, you know, and pro-right ball, as I like to joke about, why? Why are you pro out ball after today's game where we've had one shot on goal from the edge of the box after Jed does a bit of magic down the right-hand side? It's it's a carbon copy of every game, pretty much. I feel like I'm rambling and I feel like I'm just not making the points I want to make, to be honest. But this is off the cuff. This is genuinely how I feel about Mill at the moment. It's um, 
it's a tough watch. Yeah, I'll be there Tuesday. I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be there the Saturday after that. It's not a problem, but I just I just wonder like how much longer will Rowett have in this scenario? I think you know the fixtures we've had have been generous to us recently. We managed to get a decent run of form together. We could have won today, be sitting in fifth place. I think that's also frustration today, where you look at the rest of the championship, and this is what I'm saying about Huddersfield. No disrespect to them, they earned their win today. They were the better team against a poor Mill side, but I thought they were equally almost as poor. You know, they play, they've gone up to fifth place now, where you've got the top three teams in the league who are foreseeably probably going to run away with it. You know, you've got as I get the table up now, you've obviously got Bournemouth, Huddersfield, and West Brom, who you know. I think Bournemouth and West Brom, Bournemouth and Fulham both won today. I think Fulham turned over West Brom, but you know West Brom likelihood is they'll probably bounce back in their next game against Hull City. You've got them three big sides, and then after that you've got Coventry in fourth, Huddersfield in fifth, Blackpool in sixth, Blackburn in seventh, QPR in eighth. You know you look at all them five sides there, and not one of them puts any fear into me as an opposition fan. If I think of Mill on the front foot, Mill attacking, Mill trying to win games. None of them scare me. I, I would have rather today we lost the game 2-0 and threw bodies forward and tried to score goals. You know, the biggest insult possible was in the 83rd minute when we go 1-0 down, you got Bennett warming up on the sidelines quite intently, obviously going to be brought on probably for Jed Wallace. And, you know, at this point, if Phoebe's already on the pitch for Bradshaw and like Keith Mel's on for Ojo, we're playing this 5-3-2, trying to nick something. And we looked bright at times, admittedly. We played down the channels, Leonard was getting forward a little bit on the right-hand side. Malone had a pure shock on the left-hand side. But it's just really ineffective and doesn't work at this level, which we're seeing time and time again. We're sitting here with 15 games, 15 goals. That's that's appalling. That's relegation form. But we're just lucky enough that we've been solid at the back. And in recent weeks, we've managed to see games out and get clean sheets. And today, we obviously can see the set piece, like I said. But the biggest insult was Matt Smith being subbed on suddenly because we're 1-0 down. It's like, oh, shit. Smith needs to get on now because we need to chase this game and get a goal. And if you're thinking, if you, why don't you chase the game and try to win today? I know it's away from home. A point in reality, if we're sitting here now, we're sitting here with a point, the, the run goes on, you know, we won the last two, we draw against Huddersfield, we've got two favourable home games coming up, in theory. It doesn't read for bad reading and you think, hang on, this could be a good little run now. I get it, but at the same time, there's just no, like there's nothing to cling on to in this team aside from Jed Wallace. And that begs the question because in the summer, you've got Jed Wallace out of contract. And then it's not only that, you've got Ojo and Afobi on loan. You've got obviously Bradshaw up front who's out of contract in the summer. You've got Mahoney who's out of contract in the summer. You've got Bodvarsson that's out of contract in the summer. I mentioned Bodvarsson because he's still technically a middle player. But then you're left with probably Mason Bennett and Matt Smith's out of contract in the summer. It's... It's a, it's a mess of a scenario at the club at the moment. It's I think it's a roll of the dice where if we do luck our way into the playoffs and somehow manage to win it, which is not feasible at the moment, nowhere near it to be honest with you, how we're playing, then it's a gamble paid off with the likes of keeping Wallace and not selling him for a cheaper fee. But then if we don't, and then are we going to be left with you know trying to bargain in for players to come on a free transfer? Are we going to have the recruitment team ready to sign these players that we want to get? There's a lot of unanswered questions that we probably will never get answers to until we're witnessing it unfold out ourselves as fans. But you just—it's just—it's a real opportunity this season. And you think if we go for it, if we play the way we did for that 20-minute spell against Stoke, and it's not guaranteed to get that output when we go to that formation. I understand that teams play differently, teams dominate the ball differently. You know, setups will dictate how we might play at times. 
but you don't know it until you give it a go. I think that's ultimately the bottom line of this, where the manager is reluctant because he wants us to try and battle out nils and ones and not really be, you know, be hard to beat. I think, I think Rowett was hurt when you look at his previous spell as manager at Stoke, where, you know, he was humbled, where he got his job, he left Derby, kind of went a sideways step a little bit with Stoke. He came back to bite him and it didn't work out. I think his mannerisms, his way he manages his side now is to not lose, to try and, you know, have a good record in theory on paper. When if you watch his team for five minutes, you're thinking, what is this shit? I've had Steve Lomas, we've had Steve Lomas as manager, and even Steve Lomas's teams were more entertaining than Gary Rowett's side. I remember going, I remember going Bournemouth away, we lost 5-2, it was 2 up after 15 minutes with Trotter and Waghorn scoring. We don't look like a team that can score goals in open play. <sighs> Millwall, man. Uh, this is probably a biggest overreaction possible. I understand that, but I think knowing that you know, I've gone up. First, I spent 13 hours of my day out today, looking forward to the game, and I've just wrote off a Saturday to watch that. Was it worth it? Of course it was, but in reality, no. It's just the craziness inside me that makes me want to go back again and have more of it and take more of it um, and follow me all the way. <laughs> right, I think that's. I'm gonna call it there. I think I've probably not said anything I wanted to say coming onto this mic here, but I think it sums up the general kind of mood, perhaps, of the majority of fans, I feel like. Confusion, unsure, lack of ambition. It's just Millwall, isn't it? And I wouldn't change it for anything in the world, don't get me wrong. Like To not have even something to talk about right now would be strange and to be sitting here on a Saturday night thinking, you know, what else am I meant to do on a Saturday night? I understand that, but... Cool. I think I need to get back on the Rattler and be like, you know, going to away games on the train should be pissed up because at least that way you can enjoy it more and not have to worry about the result because at that point when you've had 12 pints before three o'clock, then it's not important what the result is, I suppose. So, yeah, I think I've said my piece. If you've enjoyed this, then let me know. Um, if I'd love to get a right reply. Be sure to contact us on Twitter at that meal pod or drop me a DM at Omer MFC. Um, and let me know it'd be great to even if you're listening to this now on Sunday and you want to reply might be able to of course on Sunday evening where we have a conversation about the style of play do you agree with what I say do you think I'm being nuts do you think I'm overreacting let me know 27 minutes of rambling post-mortem yeah I don't know Mill will lose 1-0 away on the road but there's a lot more to that defeat today than meets the eye With Vanguard advice, no matter what your retirement goals are, they can help you get there and enjoy it for years to come. The financial journey is all yours, but you never have to take it alone. That's the value of ownership. Visit Vanguard.com and explore Vanguard advice. All investing is subject to risk. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Services are provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. 
Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lectio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lectio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lectio. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.